Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Are you enjoying your uh, new release to get outdoors, sit in the garden? Feel free. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm having withdrawal signals. I've, I've not had a tie on for 10 weeks. But it's nice to be off this morning. You know, it's, uh, I'm sure you're all aware it's Pentecostal Sunday. And the Pentecostal message is rather like the Christmas message that it doesn't need much adding on to it. And it's always difficult to find something new to say about it. So I'm not going to try it. Just It's worthy of just standing on its own. So I want to read to you if I spoke from Acts. Acts chapter 1. I read it from verse 4. And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them, they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the, again the kingdom to Israel? And he said to him, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which my father has put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And over to chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Amen. May God add the blessing to the reading of his word. Let me start with Jesus. That's a good place to start, putting the background to Pentecost. Why did Jesus come to the world? Well, he serves himself. It says he came, first of all, to seek and to save the lost. He came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to fulfill all that the prophets and scripture promised. And he came initially to the sheep of, lost sheep of Israel. He was a Jew in the lineage of David. And as such was faithful to the law which he came to fulfill. And the gospel constantly says, you know, this was done that the scripture might be fulfilled. For well, Jesus himself, of course, was the word made flesh. He was faithful to the scriptures. I say that in order to put the Pentecost in its correct setting, Jesus declared that the scriptures spoke of him. Remember, he spoke in the Maestro, beginning at Moses and the prophets, declaring all the things that spoke of him. The Old Testament was a shadow of the reality that was to be fulfilled in the Christ. There were two very important events in the life of the Hebrews. One was the Passover feast, and the other was 
the Feast of Seven Weeks. The Passover was the celebration of their freedom from the bondage of Egypt. The Feast of Seven Weeks ended on the 50th day. That's where you get the word Pentecost. Pentecost means 50. And this was a celebration of the first fruits and then gathering of the wheat harvest and a celebration of the covenant of law. Now let's transfer that to the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. Jesus, who came to fulfill all things, was crucified at the time of the Passover feast. For he died to free us from the bondage of sin. The rest is out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He died that we might be saved, wrestled from God's from king of Satan into the kingdom of light. He then told his disciples, I'm going away, and it's expedient for you, for if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you have been endued with power. What were they waiting for? I'm quite sure they didn't know, they weren't sure what this meant. Jesus had died, had rose again and gone up to heaven. Maybe they expected it tomorrow, today. But they were waiting 50 days. We're, we're kind of unlike that, we like instant coffee. We like to put the penny in and get the mingus out. And when God promises to do something, we get impatient. But God is never late and does everything in his time. What they were waiting for was the feast of the first fruits, the fruit of Christ's ministry. Why were they gathered together in one place? This is not the 12 men scared locked in the upper room for the resurrection Christ appeared. This is the 120 first fruits of Christ's ministry gathering to celebrate the Feast of Shalut, the Feast of Seven Weeks, the dedication of the first fruits, a feast which Jesus himself has attended every year. Let me put a wee picture in your mind. King Solomon built the temple in all its glory, cried upon the Lord to put his name upon it, and the Lord responded, filling it, with a Shekinah glory. In this upper room was presented the first fruits of Christ's ministry being dedicated to God. And God came down and filled them with the Holy Spirit as promised. Filling the new temples for ye are the temple of God. Filling the new temples with a Shekinah glory. Now let's look at Acts again in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They were all together in one place, seeing God, seeking his face, tearing his throat. And just as God set the fire, sent the fire on Elijah's altar, he sent the fire on the fledging church. They were all filled. He fell on each of them, and they spoke in tongues. What was the purpose of this outpouring of the Spirit? Well, first of all, it was for empowerment. Jesus said, I'm going to send you what my Father promised. 
But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Yeah. One of the things is the Bible said the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the spirit that is at work in you, strengthening you in the evening. The Holy Spirit came to empower us to be his witnesses. He came to transform us. The weak became strong. Your doctrine doesn't change you. It's the Holy Spirit that recreates in you the Christ-likeness. The indwelling Spirit does the work. It says, he shall lead you into all truth. The next one says, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. And thirdly, it brought the supernatural. Or a better word is the spiritual. The carnal man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for the spiritually discerned. But he brought the spiritual manifestations of the Spirit of God. Joel 2 says, this is, Peter was able to say, this is that. This is what was promised. And Joel, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In Act 4 and 29, we find that the disciples, after they'd been whipped and beaten uh, before the Sanhedrin came, and they cried, Lord, you've heard the threatens among us. Can't this boldness to preach your word? And this is again, the Spirit of God fell upon them. <laughs> Isn't it again? Don't let a denominational name put you off. Pentecost and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not for his denomination, it's for the saints. Just believe the word. The promise is to you and your children. It's the gift of God. You know, the purpose of anniversaries and memorials was God loves them. You know, through the Old Testament, he, he gives his peace so that the children of Israel will remember what he done. And it was also a call to come back to him. So when we celebrate the anniversary of Pentecost, the purpose is that it should be renewed, renewed and reinstated. The fullness of the Holy Spirit is for new beginnings. We need it. The Holy Spirit, fullness of the Holy Spirit is for every believer. We need to have these, this is that testimonies. Okay? The power of the gospel in Acts was that things were happening and they simply had to explain it. This is that which was promised. We need a power in the testimony that we can say this is that. Just as Peter and uh, could say, you know, it was not the name of Jesus that raised this lame man up. This is that which was promised. We need to witness as Paul did and the power and demonstration of the Spirit. Let this Pentecost Sunday be your Pentecost. Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. You know, the Greek is a uh, non-going tense. Be you being filled. Don't live in yesterday's manner. Don't remember the 15 years ago when you had a good excitement encounter. Ask the Lord today for a fresh outpouring. It's a promise. 
He says to you, to your children, and to all that are far off. It's not an optional extra. It's expedient. Acts 10 and 44 says the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. That was in the household of Cornelius. God came down and filled them all. Let's seek the spirit-filled church. Jesus says, I promise I will manifest myself to you. It's when the manifestation of the Holy Spirit comes that we realize and recognize a greater power. Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. Now let's pray. Lord, the word says in the last great day of the festival, Jesus stood with a loud voice and said, Let everyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whosoever believed in me, as scripture has said, rivers of water will flow from within them. Stir up the well. Stir up the well. Oh Lord, come and anoint us afresh. Let your fire fall. John the Baptist promised Jesus that your ministry would be one of baptism with the Holy Ghost and with fire. As those gathered in the upper room that day, Lord, seeking your face, dedicating their first fruits, Lord. So we this morning, as Romans 12 exhorts us, Lord, present our bodies, our lives, a living sacrifice. And ask, O Lord, that you ascend the fire from heaven. Fill us afresh, Lord. Make us a powerful people. That boldly declare your word with signs following. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.